Dignity. Security. Freedom. Freedom. Respect. Justice. 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 Equality. Equality. Remedy. Protection. Fairness. Fair trial. Listeners on CJTR Community Radio at 91.3 FM and over the internet at cjtr.ca. We can also be heard on SaskTel Max at channel 806 and Access Communications Digital Service at channel 700. Wherever you are, welcome to Human Rights Radio, hosted weekly by Amnesty International volunteers. Our theme song is titled 30 Words, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, written and performed by REM and a collection of musicians from around the world. I'm Jim Hutchings, and with me are my co-host Gord Barnes and our special guest Ritva Gahimbari. Um, how am I doing that pronunciation? I'm, I'm very good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, 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 uh, that's always a, a challenge. Oh, it's always a challenge. And Ritva was here a little while ago, and we were talking about the situation in Burundi, and um, it, things were were difficult then, and we're sort of revisiting that now because things have changed. Uh, are they? Are they getting better, or <laughs> what's the situation there? I would say worse. Oh, dear. Maybe we could just uh, begin a little bit by uh, giving you an opportunity, Ritva, to introduce yourself. Uh, you're living here in Regina and studying at the University of Regina. Uh, if you'd like to do, start with that and for our benefit of our listeners. Yes. I have been in Regina for two years and I'm a student in the Human Justice Program. Okay. Yes. And uh, is it a, a, how long is the Human Justice Program? Is that a three or four year program? It's a four year program. Uh, oh, great. I'm in the halfway of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So you're studying this summer as well? Yes, I'm t studying a, one class. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great, yeah. great. 
Well, welcome to the program again. It's wonderful that you're able to take the time to, to join us. And uh, I was thinking if you could just uh, maybe to give a little bit of context, because not everybody who's listening to the program will be familiar with where Burundi is in Africa, just in terms of the neighboring countries and maybe some information about, you know, what, um, the history of Burundi is in terms of, and also the economy, what, how people, uh, live in terms of working and stuff. Uh, would you like to start with that? Yes. Um, Burundi is located in the East African region, and the East African region is made up five countries, Tanzania, Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, all six with South Sudan, which has been added recently. So the population is around, in, in Burundi, is around 10 million, mm -hmm. and the main livelihood is the agriculture. Mm -hmm. People live mainly from ag agriculture. Eight, more than eighty percent of the population lives essentially from essentially from agriculture. And yeah, um, that's the main information. And uh, would there, you know, from if it's the larger uh, agricultural uh, communities, um, is there one or two larger cities that are in Burundi? We have the main, the capital uh -huh. of, the, of Burundi, which is Bujumbura, and the main city, which is Gitega, and it, Gitega was the host of the, um, of the, of the, of the, it used to be ruled by, um, by a king, mm -hmm. and the kingdom was in Gitega. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of people who, uh, are, uh, living in Burundi have many people left uh, uh, recently in terms of the last say 10 years because of uh, the conflict there or uh, and, and where have they come to have many people come to Canada and for example to the United States and other countries as refugees they are really spread over all over the world but many of the refugees they are dispersed in the surrounding countries and in the neighboring countries like Rwanda, Congo, Tanzania, Uganda and some also in Kenya and Zambia mm -hmm. and we have also some people in North, North America and North Europe yeah all over the world I would say Right. <laughs> yeah. so Many people who would be listening would be uh, familiar with the terrible conflict that happened in uh, Rwanda about 20 years ago uh, and uh, may not be aware of events in Burundi and, and sort of the relationship if there is any. But maybe, uh, you know, if you could begin with uh, a bit of an update in terms of what's happened in Burundi and, and why this is such a concern in terms of the human rights issues currently. Yeah. So Burundi has a history of political unrest and civil war. And recently, since last year, April, the, the current president tried to run for a third term. And since then, there is a social and political unrest in the country. And many people have been displaced because of the violence which is going on and the abuse of human rights. So we, we share the same ethnic demographics as Rwanda. Mm -hmm. 
the same ethnics. We have two ethnies, as Rwanda does, and because of the um, of the context, the cultural context, and the particular context of the of the of the politics which is going on right now, the leader is trying to revive all these ethnical conflicts to 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 easily set the ruling. Mm. Yeah, we we had in the past the ethnic conflict. But now it seems like they are trying to revive all these conflicts. And if we, we try to analyze the killings which is, hap- which is happening right now, one ethnic is, is, is killed, but also all those who threaten the power, like the, the ruling of the, of the main party. Mm-hmm. It's not only Hutu or Tutsi who are killed, both, both ethnic are killed. But they try to revi- he tries to revive the, the ethnic conflict to more settle the, the power and mm-hmm. s- remain on mm-hmm. ruling the country. And when would the, uh, if he does remain on for the a third term for the election, is that an election that's going to be happening fairly soon then? The election already happened in, in July last year. Oh, okay, for a third term. For a third term. Oh, okay. But it, it was not like... Was not in accordance with the Arusha Accord, okay. which ended the civil war in the beginning of 2000, after 1998. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the the main issue: political unrest and. So people are are not happy with the outcome of the uh, election that happened where he he was able to uh, run for a third term and and there's divisions around that issue is that a fair characterization of of it yes and from that there is a the outcome of the 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 violation of human rights which okay. which have which occurred and which is made up by the by the militaries and Public institutions and yeah. so the 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 human rights. What from what you're saying, the human rights abuses are being carried out at at the hand of the military and yes, the militaries and we have also some militias belonging to the um, to the presidential party, the okay. youth army wing, uh-huh. the youth wing of the of the pres- presidential party. And sort of just to go back to what Jim was saying at the very beginning of the program, even in the last several months, things have deteriorated. Is that yes? Because yeah, since the since last year, there there was some like some some downfall which happened because the the militaries now they are divided by the. By the by, the leaders. Mm-hmm. Now we have this cleavage in the within the militaries, and we have this in Bonaire, the militia, who now have have received weapons from the government. So now they are dispersed in the in within the provinces, and they threaten the peoples, the population, and they kill the. 
like arbitrary arrest people and extrajudicial killings and imprisonment like people are very maintained under fear and terror they they cannot speak up and there is no freedom of expression and many people have been displaced instead of just reducing the the immigration the immigration still just increasing and increasing every day so there is no progress that's why i say that there is no progress we have some negotiations we which are supposed to be going on led by the um, former president of tanzania president mokapa but also like it's it's not it's not going anywhere mm -hmm. and we can see that the the leader our leader our current leader does not have a real political political will to 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 further those negotiations and to just to find out to a, pol a peaceful outcome for all the what, what is happening right now mm -hmm. and uh, you you mentioned the East Africa region countries uh, and Tanzania, and the, the former president's role, are other neighboring countries involved in, the, in trying to con either contribute or, on the contrary, <laughs> making things worse? Are, are they? What is their role at, at this point? So we have the neighboring countries who welcome the refugees, who right. received the refugees, and we have also because between Burundi and those neighboring countries, there is a, a like permanent, um, permanent like um, movement between those countries, refugees, but also like rebels that can come from different countries, and the the Imbonerakure they just to go and to the to the refugee camp in those neighboring countries and they even threaten like the population the refugees who think that they are safe in those refugee camp and the issue with, with all of that it, it because of the lack of freedom of expression and in the country most of the facts are not documented mm. because we do not have we do not have a fair justice system on place and most of the of the public radio have been shouted mm. destroyed so we do not have a current accurate information we 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 managed to know about what is going on mm. but because of the um, this foggy foggy situation yeah so for example you're mentioning the refugee camps where People are having to flee from Burundi and going into neighboring countries, maybe Rwanda, others. Um, who's operating those refugee camps? Is they are they UNHCR, United Nations uh, yes. High Commission for Refugees supported, or how, how is that? Uh, yes, supported by the UNHCR, uh -huh. and also some like some organizations uh -huh. help. Yeah, and are. In, in terms of the security in those camps, there there's risks even for refugees there. Is that what you're saying? Yes, there is. Mm. There is risk. We ha we we heard about some people who who died, 
because of this lack of of fire system in the country, within the country, we we do not have information, mm. like accurate information, but we know that they are they are not safe. Mm. I was just going to mention a situation that uh, the uh, Unitarian Church is familiar with, and maybe you've heard of this too. Uh, a Unitarian minister from Burundi who had raised thousands of dollars here in Saskatchewan uh, had been in prison. I think he's been released now. And uh, anyway, his church was riddled with uh, with bullets and... Uh, and I think there's, there have been some efforts uh, made to try to protest the detention of, uh, I'll try to pronounce his name here, uh, Fulgence uh, uh, Najijama. Have you heard of, of this uh, no. minister? Well, yeah. anyway, uh, he has visited Saskatoon. He was recently arrested at gunpoint and was being uh, interrogated severely, according to a statement by the International uh, Council of Unitarians and Universalists. And they talked about the unknown shooter who emptied the clip from his AK-47. I have no idea how big that clip would be, but I've seen some of them, and that would be a lot of bullets, probably. And uh, the church was looted of computers and, and other valuables. And uh, for a while, uh, the Unitarians here in Saskatchewan, uh, who were familiar with him, had no idea what was going on and what was happening to him. And... Uh, he had been in Saskatoon in 2014 to raise money for a scholarship fund. And uh, also, uh, I guess, basically trying to get attention for the plight of the people in Burundi. Uh, you're really kind of dependent on international opinion, um, although I guess it's debatable how much the president cares about international opinion, uh, given the sort of things that, that he's done. But... Uh, Anyway, he has been, I think he has been released, and uh, the the folks here in uh, Saskatchewan and um, just basically Unitarians across the country have been uh, trying very hard to, uh, to support him and the people of Burundi as well. So positive things are happening on this side of the ocean, but uh, I guess the, uh, the uh, bad stuff is still happening in Burundi, and... Uh, do you have any any thoughts as to uh, as to what we can do on this side? Uh, I suppose, Gord, we we could probably um, uh, write our government uh, to ask them to uh, not exactly intervene. You don't intervene in a situation like that, but uh, make the opinions of Canadians known as to the the conduct of the government in in this very serious human rights issue. I think so. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that as well, uh, Reedfeb, um, in terms of uh, how how Canadians, a really good question, how can Canadians contribute to some resolution of the what's going on in terms of the human rights issues in Burundi? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question, Jim, and uh, I don't know if you've got <laughs> some ideas around that, Reedfeb. Yes, I think the government should, like, take from majors to intervene and try to not in they can't do any like economic take any economic pressure or but just politically apply some pressure to the 
to the leaders. Mm-hmm. So the, <clears throat> um, the United Nations role at this point, is there some discussions going on at the UN to uh, try to bring a resolution to the what's going on in terms of the human rights issues? Yes, there, there are many discussions which which happened, which occurred, and also the um, Mr. Ban Ki Moon he he made some visits, and they put on pl- in place some resolutions. That's that's how the the President Mukapa, former President of Tanzania, have been has been appointed as the leader of the of the negotiations oh i see okay yes but from the side of the government that's where the issue is because the, they do not change the the way they are doing they are doing things right now mm-hmm. and which is really like it's getting worse because now the children are because the future generations it's like the generation, the, the youth is condemned to, because of all this, what is happening. Like, I don't know if you follow the news, right? Recently, many students have been expelled. Some of them have been even put in jail because they, they were, they defaced the scribbled on the on the pictures of the president oh yes yes i heard about this mm-hmm. yeah so they were expelled more than 300 students some of them have have regained the school mm-hmm. just if you w- once you get to a point where you you shoot on 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 children on kids like high mm-hmm. school students you put them in jail and in our country we do not have like juvenile system so the students are imprisoned with adults. Mm. So this is really like it's a it's a real trauma for mm. for the for the youth, and the youth is the future generation. And many of the of the refugees they are under eighteen years old, like half of the refugees who are displaced. So it's really the the children and future generations which are are suffering, and in, even women. Well, Ritva, I'm, I'm curious, I don't know if we've touched on this yet before, but uh, where does where does Burundi's national wealth, I'm presuming they have some, somebody has money there. Um, it's not, uh, obviously not shared, um, but is there is there mining in Burundi or, uh, or some sort of agricultural crop? Uh, where does the money come from for Burundi? Oh, um like half of the budget, mm-hmm. we, we for half of the budget we we rely on ads, foreign ad. Oh really? Yes. Okay. And also for the there is some mining which have been discovered. Okay, I see. So a, a large part of the money then is foreign aid. Large of the pot, yes. Okay, so I, I guess that would raise the question: if foreign aid is coming into the country. Then the people who are providing that aid should be able to make some suggestions as to uh, how the government should behave. Uh, you know, if you, you would think that um, you would think that it would be possible then to uh, perhaps lobby the uh, countries that are providing the foreign aid uh, to encourage them 
to encourage the Burundian government to uh, treat its people more fairly. Yeah, they did. They they took firm actions. They even cut the foreign aid. Mm-hmm. Now the the aid which is given, which is provided, is specifically directed to some to some areas of the like the health system. For they they really cut the foreign aid now. They took firm actions to to try to. To urge for more respect and of human rights. Right, right. So if if that's the case, then um, then their uh, their uh, economy then is is really going to be uh, severely hampered. I, I would think. So the government is going to be lacking money. Um, but then you said there's some mining, so there'd be foreign companies involved there. Yes, there are some more chi- Chinese companies are a lot in- involved in the in the mining companies. But as you say, there are many many economic consequences. Like now, the I think we are ranked as the the poorest country in the world, and according to the last last report of the I think it's the World Bank, we half of the population now is food insecure. Around four four point six million of people. Really. So this is really a huge, huge impact. Right. In, a, in a country where so much of the economy is agricultural based, to have people who are food secu- insecure at that scale is tragic. Yeah, because the the agriculture has been disturbed because of the displacement of people. Mm-hmm. Well, we are at the bottom of the hour here now, okay. and um, we'll uh, we'll be talking. We're talking right now with uh, Ritva Gahambare, and she is from uh, Burundi, uh, which is the nation which is uh, suffering an, uh, an awful lot of trouble, unstable government, uh, civil unrest, and uh, and uh, we're just trying to understand what's happening there and and. Uh, what the future might bring so we'll we'll be back to talk about this um, i'm going to i'm going to pick some music from a cd that we have uh, the the amnesty international uh, a uh, cd collection of bob dylan so we'll play some music after that and then we'll continue our discussion uh, at that time and uh, so we will be right back we down
ocean wild Like an accordion plead The seaweed's woven strands The crashing waves like the cymbals crashed Against the singing a uh, song on, from the album, the songs of Bob Dylan, Chimes of Freedom, and uh, it's an Amnesty uh, International uh, special four-CD set. Uh, the title of that particular one was Lay Down Your Weary Tune. I'm not sure how many how many uh, selections there are, but four CDs filled with Bob Dylan tunes, so it's... Uh, there's quite a selection here. Someday, Gord, we'll have to sit down and we'll listen to to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Good choice for today. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we're talking to uh, Ritva Gahimbari, and she is from Burundi. We're talking about the situation there, and, uh, and uh, one of the things that I was wondering about Ritva was 
how you managed to survive here in Regina. Like, do you have support from Burundi, or do you have friends here in Canada who are helping? And how does your situation work? It's very hard because we we need to be connected to to um, friends and families wherever they are, and which really helps us is the social media mm-hmm. to just to exchange on, on what is happening and try to to make heard our voice, mm-hmm. and we yeah we try to still connected. That's the that's the main thing is to to sail together and to be together and to follow what is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you still have solid connections to friends and family in Burundi? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, do you feel yourself at all uh, at risk talking about this here? Is it? Uh, is it uh, is it an iffy you know is is it uh, is it difficult for you to do this or uh, hmm. it's it's not difficult f- for me to to do it like i feel better if i do it that if than if i do not do anything mm-hmm. right mm. Mm. so during the uh during the break you were you were mentioning that one of the significant issues is uh Concern where there's just no uh, repercussions for the uh, human rights abuses that are taking place in terms of things that are undertaken in terms of, uh, for example, by the police or other militias. Um, the, uh, the issue of impunity is a lo- large one. Maybe you can just elaborate on that a, a bit more uh, for our listeners. Yes, there is a there is a generalized imp- impunity, like the policemen and uh, the militia, the the Imbonerakure who who commit all these acts of human rights, of violation of human rights. They are not they are not punished by the government, and because we is the there is no fair justice system, because there is no judicial independence. The so they are not punished, and they just do it as if it was normal because mm. it's it's allowed by the by the government. They need to to keep the population under fear because they do not know they do not wish that there is in there there there, there is any opposition mm. to the current party. And you were also saying that. Uh, at this point, because of the repression, people who have been community leaders, uh, in terms of including ethnic community leaders or might be in the opposition, so many of them have fled uh, because of uh, fear of reprisals that there's very little opportunity for people to speak out anymore. Yes. Most of the the leaders of the opposition's party, the the um, civil society members, they speak from outside because they know that from inside they can't do it. And most of them have, as you say, they have, they have been obligated to, f- to flee the country mm-hmm. to be able to, to condemn what is happening. Now, there is, you, you mentioned as well that there is um, 
uh, strong Roman Catholic Church in Burundi, and they have been uh, expressing concerns about what's been going on. Is that correct? Yes, more than once they 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 try to to express their concerns to make some declarations and reports about what is happening, and try to urge the 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 government to to change the way they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are doing things right now. And has, from what you're aware of, has uh, that um, effort or initiative by the Roman Catholic Church extended beyond, you know, their their uh, the people that are in the faith community in Burundi? Have they managed to, for example, involve the Pope or other uh, leaders uh, in trying to uh, raise the issue about what's happening in Burundi? Yes, I know that once the the Pope talked about the situation in the in the country and tried to urge all the um, all the community leaders to to try to initiate a change. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it's a far-reaching like far-reaching an initiative from the Roman Catholic Church. Right. I'm just wondering if if some. Uh, of the Roman Catholic leaders have been uh, threatened or uh, or persecuted at all. Um, I'm, I'm just do they have more um, a more secure status in Burundi than say the the Unitarian minister that I spoke about in uh, in the last half of the show? Like, is anybody going into Catholic churches and shooting them up? Is that? <laughs> um, I'm just wondering if if uh, if the Roman Catholics uh, have a a little better status, I think in, is what I'm trying to uh, to come to here in Burundi compared to um, other faiths. I would not say that, but the, we have one uh, um, one of them. One of the leaders has has been threatened, but he he, he was not killed, but they mm-hmm. attempted to kill him. Right. So I would not say that they are very safe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... But it's a strong institution, so, yeah, that's why maybe they, they do not attack them, like, mm-hmm. openly. So they have a little more security. Yes. But not lots. Yeah. Because yeah. I know there have been political situations around the world where uh, some Catholic priests become quite politically active on behalf of the poor, and uh, sometimes they're the, the government. Um, well, let's say they they don't take kindly to it, and they don't care whether he's a priest or not. Then um, sometimes there's an intimate intimidation, even even though he's a priest, sort of thing. Um, but um, it's fortunate if the Catholic Church has some some influence there, and and uh, they're a little hesitant about. Uh, a little hesitant about uh, threatening or or um, abusing members of the church there. So, uh, um, is there is there anybody? I, I suppose anybody that's really opposing is, like you say, outside the border. Uh, are, are there any particularly um, important or uh, prominent people outside who are who are uh, urging the government to change its ways, that somebody that has a strong voice, 
uh, outside uh, Burundi that you know of? I we there is there are many many civil society like groups mm -hmm. and many political parties. Most of them they are outside of the country, and they tried to to gather together to to create a kind of synergy to mm -hmm. to make the voice stronger. Right. And also we have the um, U European Union and I mean all the international communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you've got a virus, uh, yeah. Uh, you've got a, a you said a group of about six countries that are considered what East East Africa. Uh, do the leaders of those countries uh, try to influence uh, the, the leadership of, of Burundi uh, to any extent that you know of? I would not. They do not. They do not really try. Mm. They do not really try. We we have really been deceived by the by the by the African Union. Like we do not see that there is much progress from from the action right. to to change anything. But we hope that things will change mm -hmm. and a positive outcome will come from all of that. And as also the former president of of Tanzania is involved. And also the fact that they welcomed the refugees, it's a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's, that's where it comes from. Because in many countries also of Africa, they, they have the same issues, like leaders who mm -hmm. want to stay in power and right. just cling in power. That's why maybe they do not try to change things right. from out, outside of their borders. Mm -hmm. But we hope that from all of this, there is a better future. And you would think that it's to everybody's benefit to have a stable and fair government because otherwise you do have these refugee issues where people are fleeing for their lives and uh, and where do they end up and and they uh, they need to be cared for uh, and and uh, their issues looked after so uh, uh, you know, just for the uh, the well-being of that area of of all of Africa really mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I guess Burundi is a particularly bad example of of uh, government that needs to be needs to be adjusted or changed their their outlook needs to be changed uh, easier said than done though so another thing you were mentioning at, during the break uh, Rifa was uh, a concern where and as a human rights issue, um, young women are being trafficked outside of the country, and maybe you could just speak to that a little bit uh, for our listeners as well, in terms of what's what's happening there. Yeah, uh, like recently, we 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 knew about the the case of of women who who have been sent to countries of the Middle East. And all of this process is organized by the by the government. They deliver the passport. They they try to all the um, really orga the organization is led by the government. And this happened since 2012. But it's now that it's just become known, and because of the appalling numbers of women who just 
left the country in a formal and organized way. And apparently they spent two years in either Arabia Saudi, Saudi Arabia or Oman and they worked for two years and in a really so in dear conditions, really, really hard conditions. And we, 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 we know about some of the women that came back, how hard the situation was for them. And we, we know about also some of them who, who died because they couldn't sustain all the all the sufferings. Mm. And how old would they be? When like teenagers and more older. Uh. But I would not like, I do not have a precise age. Right. And, and this was happening, this is happening still right now? It's still happening. Even two days ago, some of them, they, they left the countries officially mm. to to go and work in those countries wow and and so you know that when they actually leave it's not something they necessarily want to do is what you're saying yes because they are presented with um uh, they they presented with promises that they will have a better life uh-huh and they have to they are disguised like under muslim outfit mm. And they are sent mm. by the by the uh, officials in the immigration offices, but also the there is some threat from the government the that they applied on the parents and the community leaders that they have to provide those women's and another another concern in terms of the treatment of women that you were mentioning and, and this ties back to the earlier discussion with respect to impunity as well but is the use of rape in uh, conflict and uh, and this very terrible terrible thing to to be aware of and hear about but maybe you can just share what information you do have in terms of what's happening in Burundi with respect to this Yes, since April uh, last year, like the policemen and uh, the militia belonging to the presidential party, when they go to to search for arms, that to to search for firearms, that's what they say. Like they can spend many days searching for arms because they think that arms are hidden in in some neighbors of the capital of the capital city. The we we heard about cases that of women who have been raped, and this is for, since the civil war of 1993. Rape has been always used as a as a weapon of war. Mm. Yeah. So this is, is this is very disturbing because it's it's just happening in a total impunity, like. There is no any issue for happening afterwards to the to the abusers. Mm. You know, when you hear about something like this issue and uh, the context of uh, human rights, there has been news in recent weeks, even of um, 
successful uh, charges that have been brought against uh, other leaders in terms of other countries mm -hmm. because of their role relative to human rights abuses on a large scale. And um, while it's not a, an immediately apparent resolution to the situation in Burundi, there, you know, you think at some point this has got to change, and uh, um, you know, there, I, you, I'm sure you're aware of the the examples uh, of uh, just in the last couple of weeks where some African leaders have been charged uh, and convicted of uh, significant um, human rights abuses during their tenure. So. Yeah. Um, Maybe uh, at some point uh, things will change and and the uh, impunity will end. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we touched on this a little bit, but is are there many people who have come to uh, to Regina and Saskatchewan from Burundi? Yeah, we have more than I don't know the exact number, uh -huh. but we have more fami many families here. Okay. Yeah, we have a strong community, I would say. Oh, good. So yeah. people can sort of rely on each other a little bit and, and yes, uh, connect do. with each other. Yes, yeah. yes, they really do, yeah. 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 And would that be the case in Saskatoon as well, do you think? or Saskatoon has a less strong strong community, uh -huh. but we have also some families there. Okay. Yeah. And are many people um, studying at the University of Regina from Burundi? Not many. We have few, very few, less than ten. I, oh, I would okay. Say. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. not a large group, but uh, at least can connect with some friends. Yes, small group, but we we are still connected. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah. Is anybody um, trying to? organized politically outside of uh, Burundi perhaps are you in contact uh, do you, do you ever get sort of requests for some kind of an organization um, that that could help uh, with the situation in Burundi uh, or or are you basically just trying to make people aware of the situation there are many many groups mm -hmm. who try to to talk about the violation of human rights, mm -hmm. many groups who like like spread all over the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if there's. I, I suppose if anything's going to happen, you're going to have to have a large number of people get together and be really organized in. Uh, I think making demonstrations, like for example, in Canada or United States or you, the uh, European Union or other countries around the world, um, to to try to impress upon the government that things need to change. Um, but I guess one of the problems is Burundi, being a poor country, um, they don't particularly care at this point yeah. what we think because they're not getting too much money in the way of trade. Mm -hmm. So it could almost be argued that the more business that happened in Burundi, perhaps the more they would be willing to listen to what outsiders have to say. But uh, it's it's kind of a catch-22 situation. Um, until 
until we can sort of demonstrate to them that they would be better off to behave in a more civilized manner, mm -hmm. um, they don't care. So we have to make them care somehow. Yes, I think they should care more because there there are there are always repercussions on the on the countries on countries which are not directly involved in the in the conflict mm. because we have refugees coming from from those countries sure. and this affects the the country this will affect Canada mm -hmm. I mean that's why we we all have to be aware of that yeah. and try to help each other and I suppose really one of the big problems here is there is a huge international ref refugee problem from the Middle East, you know, from Syria in particular. Yes. So you have millions of people who are displaced. Um, part, of, part of the problem with Burundi is it's just a little country and it's easily overlooked. And uh, even though the problems there are very significant, mm -hmm. so many other people have huge problems as well. It, uh, mm -hmm. It's uh, it's difficult to get people to focus on Burundi. Would you say that's basically true? Yeah, which is right. But um, all of these issues have a ripple effect on, on other countries. Mm -hmm. And Burundi is one of many other countries of Africa that have issues. This, the same issues and like the, the one of the most crowded refugee camp in the world mm -hmm. it's is the one in Tanzania and it does it did not it will, is still in effect like for many years for more than 20 years which is really like you can't understand these kind of things because many of these issues could have been stopped mm -hmm. at the early stage before yeah. that the, the it, it floods uh, refugees because before all of the crisis really erupt. This can be contained in the, at the early stage, but because of the, as you were saying, mm -hmm. the, they do not care, right? Yeah. That's why yeah. we have the consequences now. Well, Ritva, I'd like to thank you very much for coming in this afternoon and uh, and talking about uh, what's happening in Burundi, and and we're hoping that uh, positive things can start happening there sometime in the future. And we need uh, the international community and uh, and groups like Amnesty and Human Rights Watch uh, to uh, pay attention and try to make things, uh, try to change things very much. So thanks again for coming. And yeah, thank you, Rifa. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Pioneering human rights campaigner Peter Benenson often said it's better to light a candle of hope than to curse the darkness. <laughs>